What is going on, everybody? Welcome to episode number 11 of the Gunslinger Podcast. You can head over to Instagram and find me over there at the Gunslinger Podcast. Don't forget to follow and like on there as well. We are now streaming on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, so head over to both of those to subscribe and listen to all the content on there. Today, we're talking about um, picks, DFS. I'm dipping into a survivor a little bit and joined today by two previous guests. Uh, we have Craig. How are you doing today, sir? I'm doing great, Nick. How are you doing? Uh, Sunday, so no complaining from me. And uh, also, Sean coming back for his uh, second episode here. How are we doing today, Sean? Yeah, it's Sunday. Let's go talk about some football. Doing good. Yeah, no joke. So, uh, real quick, I just, I know I, kind of told you both like last week was probably the worst week I've ever had in fantasy slash picks um, since I've really started getting into doing this stuff I the only thing that I really did well last week was I survived in Survivor and I know that was pretty tricky last week Craig you're in a, a bigger pool how many how many people survived um in yours that you're in yeah so that pool is 326 people pretty pretty good uh you know pot size and you cannot have a buyback and out of the 326 201 are out so it was pretty crazy last week yeah i mean that's i mean we're obviously in the smaller one there's only like 18 or 19 people and i think seven i think it's seven of the 19 survived week one but i mean we do the buyback in and in um this one but that's just a crazy percentage of people. I mean, you have to look at, I mean, the biggest, I mean, the biggest favorites last week, what Cincinnati, Indianapolis, Tennessee, I would imagine most people had those three teams that lost last week. So I did, <laughs> I had Indy. So, yep. yep. <laughs> well, and, and the problem was, is all three of the teams looked pretty bad. Like, I mean, they started coming on late, like Indy looked better in the fourth, the Titans I don't know. It didn't look great the whole game, but it was very weird. Like, I don't know. Makes you reevaluate like where some of these teams are going to be at. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I mean, definitely. And that's week one's always the hardest week to gauge. I think I kind of t- touch on it last time. Like nobody knows what's going to happen until we, they get out there and play the games. Like preseason now is just a joke in my opinion, because you don't see any starters. I think uh, Colin Coward, which he put this, stat up the other day like of all like the quarterbacks that lost week one like none of them played in the preseason so it's like the week one and two are is the preseason for a lot of these guys so it's kind of just like the first couple weeks of the season are just you never know what the hell is going to happen yeah and I mean I think you could see that and Sean you probably agree is like you look at Tennessee and like Robert Woods like what had two targets like that's crazy yeah I mean everybody was kind of saying how he would bounce back this year. I was nervous with him coming off the ACL injury if he was going to have a good year, and it certainly didn't look like it from week one. Um, so, yeah, like you said, Nick, you can't take a lot of things you see from preseason or here and, you know, just go with it. So I think we'll see a lot more here in week two with, you know, how teams and players are going to fare. Yeah, I mean, definitely. I mean, a lot of teams looked rough last week, but um... – just real quick, looking at there's a lot of big spreads um, from what I'm looking at coming into this week. So for like survivor purposes, I mean, you have the Rams, Packers, 49ers, Bills, and Denver all right now are 
10 point favorites or higher. Do you guys, and they're all home favorites. You think, where are you guys looking at like survivor this week? You're dipping into one of those five. Are you going to try to save those teams for later in the season? Yeah. I mean, I'm going Denver. Um, you know, I lost last week. So for our league, um, I got to go with somebody who I'm pretty sure is going to win this week. And Russell Wilson losing in Seattle week one. I think that was a bit of a fluke. You know, both those running backs fumbled at the one yard line. And if that doesn't happen, that game's looking a lot different. And then they're at home this week against the Texans. Usually teams that lose in prime time like that bounce back the next week. So I got them. What about you, Craig? Yeah, I actually have the same exact thought, but I have the Rams. Basically the exact same reasoning. Also, I think last week Atlanta maybe played the best football they might play all season. I'm not sold on them at all. Mariota did look good, but again, people are going to have tape on him now from, you know, that game. They're going to see what they want to do. And I just can't see McVay going 0-2 off a Super Bowl victory and Stafford and Cup and Allen Robinson. I think they get involved. I think that they're going to take them pretty easily. Yeah, I I think both of those are great picks. I, I'm going with you, Sean. I'm picking Denver as well. I think just based off like a lot of what you said and just looking at their future schedule, there's not many more games on their schedule that I think I would even pick them to win other than like mm-hmm. week seven, they play the jets at home. I mean, that's probably a win, but I mean, other than that, the Denver's schedule going forward is not going to get any easier. So I think this is the, the prime peak, the prime week to pick them. If you're going to, yeah, um, that was my logic too. going into that. They're in a tougher division. So this is like you said, probably one of their best chances to win for sure. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, it's crazy to me that San Fran is 10 point. I saw they were nine point favorites on drafting sportsbook, but this is showing 10. I think that's a massive spread against for a team that lost to the Bears last week. And I know Seattle, it was like you said, a very emotional game. But do you guys think that spread of 10 points is way too much there? Yeah, I have that in my picks this week as for my betting slip that I'm picking Seattle to cover. I just don't see how Trey Lance, who doesn't throw the ball that much or that we've seen, is going to cover that. I mean, even if they win the game, which I expect the 49ers to win based on defense and running the ball, normally those games are closer, right? So, like, I can see that being, like, a seven-point game, a touchdown game, because it's just going to be running down the clock the entire time. So, it's going to be hard to cover that, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I, I kind of agree. Um, and Seattle always seems to play San Fran tough. I was listening to something earlier today, and Pete Carroll is like, I think like eight and two against Kyle Shanahan, um, regardless of the quarterback. So um, I kind of like San Fran in this one. The thing is, it depended on the game script too. If San Fran gets out to an early lead, I can kind of see, you know, Geno trying to force too many passes. And um, I think Seattle's got a good chance to cover, but we'll see. I thought I saw Kittle. I don't think is expected to play again today. Um, but yeah, I, I, I agree with you guys. I just think it's possible they could, you know, Seattle might not cover here, but we'll see. Well, and to your point, if you take away Gino's first two drives last week, he doesn't look that good. He looked yeah. great drive one drive two. He made another really nice play. And after that, I mean, what did they do the whole game? It would just came down to that. Like Denver couldn't put together enough drives to win. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. I think I mean I know we've talked about it time and time again. I think Denver's defense is really going under the radar of how talented they can be. So, like you said, I mean, Sean, if they don't fumble twice, Denver's easily going to win that game. And um, 
maybe the spread is right at 10 points, but I think like, I just don't have any faith in the 49ers. Elijah Mitchell's out. Kittle's probably not playing. I mean, I've put my stance on Shanahan before. I don't, I don't like Trey, um, Trey Lance either. So I would not be surprised if Seattle just won that game outright. Um, but there's, I mean, there's some really good games on this week. I think. I mean, what do you guys like in the Bucks Saints? I mean, winner. I mean, it's week two, but winner of that game is in first place in the South. Yeah, that's kind of crazy. <laughs> I mean, there's injuries on both teams here. So Camara, it looks like it's not going to play today. Um, and then we're not sure about anybody for the Bucks receivers. Um, I think other than Godwin, it's looking like the rest of the guys are supposed to play, but we're who knows if they're at a hundred percent. Um, and you know, Brady, Nick, I know we've talked about this, just, he doesn't seem to do well against the saints. I know he won that playoff game. Um, but he just continues to struggle. Um, and I think the saints defense will probably bounce back from last week. And now this one's at home. Um, so I've gone kind of back and forth, just not knowing how healthy the Bucks wide receivers are. Um, and with Kamara being out. So I think the saints will probably win this game. Um, Michael Thomas showed up last week, which was good for people who drafted him in fantasy. And, you know, for people talking about, you know, is he going to be coming back healthy this year? Um, but I do like the saints here. It's, you know, I'm going to be checking until one o'clock to see how those bucks receivers are looking at they're healthy or not. Um, but you know, I think the saints can still win this game. Yeah. And I think a big part of that too, is like, if Evans does play, which I think they're expecting him to play, like you said it's a calf injury and he's going against Lattimore. So it's like, how effective is he even going to be if he's not a hundred percent? I don't, I don't know. I, I have the bucks winning, but I think it's going to be a close game and it's going to come down to the last drive, which I'm just going to pick Brady over Jameis, even though Jameis gives way better press conferences. So if he does win, I'll be excited. <laughs> um, it's all about symmetry. So we got to remember that, but I don't know. I think that game's going to be really weird Fournette being injured too. Kamara out. Ingram may be a sneaky DFS play. I know we'll get into that later just because he averages so many points without Kamara. But also, I don't know if they can really run on the Bucks defense, so it would really be in the pass-catching form that he would do well. But I have the Bucks very low-scoring game, I think, just with all the injuries to the offensive side. Yeah, I mean, I like both those takes. I'm, I'm picking the Saints there just based off Brady's history, and um, I don't think the Bucks even looked that good last week against Dallas. Um I know they won, I mean, pretty handily, but I think offensively the Bucks struggled a little bit. So I'll take the Saints at home there. Um, but you guys, I got to get your take on the Colts Jags. I mean, that, I mean, that, that, I mean, it's week two, like I've said, but that game seems like a massive game already early on in the season for the Colts. Hey, Colts going back to clown town. You know, that's what they <laughs> called it last year. You know, I think uh, that game is super interesting to me. And the reason is, is I actually think the Jags, didn't look good last week and they were in the game. If Trevor Lawrence can put some drives together and get ETN involved, I think most people were shocked of how little he was involved. I think they'll get him the ball some more, even though James Robinson will still be highly you know, relevant in that game as well. And then without Pittman, I mean, are the Colts just going to throw to Naheem Hines and Mo Alley-Cox? I mean, I don't really – unless they're going to throw to Paris Campbell 20 times – I don't know. Like, that's going to be super interesting. Or they just go with the route of giving Jonathan Taylor the ball 40 times, and in that case, they'll win the game. Yeah, I mean, they did last week. I was – look, he had 31 carries and four four catches on seven targets. So, I mean, he had 38 opportunities to touch the ball last week, and they were trailing 
the majority of that game, which is just crazy to me. But um, I'm I'm just picking the Jags just because the, I mean the Colts haven't won there since like 2014, so it's like the same problem the Patriots have going to Miami. I mean, it's like every year you think, oh, it's not that big of a deal, but I mean, it's just some teams just struggle playing in certain places, and I mean, divisional game. I think the Jags, like you mentioned, if the, if ETN doesn't drop that touchdown and if Trevor Lawrence doesn't overthrow him on that one touchdown, I mean, the Jags could have easily won that game last week. So I think the Jags will win this. I think, you know, I touched, I don't think the Colts are even that good um, other than Jonathan Taylor, obviously. So it'll be interesting to see um, what they can do. And especially defensively, Shaq Leonard's still out. So that's not going to make things any easier for them. Are you still yeah. with us, Sean? Yeah, yeah. Okay. And I All think right. that would be a rough start for the Colts going. I mean, I know they tied last week, but oh one and one in the division. Um, I know with everybody being injured for the Colts, there's some sneaky uh, daily fantasy options if you're looking at the receivers. Um, but yeah, this is going to be, I think, like you said, Nick. I think the Jags are probably going to take this. Yeah, definitely. Um, what What about the let's see, Dolphins, Ravens. What do you like? Who do you like there, Craig? After seeing the Dolphins last week, um, I like the Dolphins in that game, and I only say that because I think that the Patriots' defense actually played well last week, and it stifled the the Dolphins' offense a little bit. I think they're going to come out firing a little bit more today. And I watched a lot of that Ravens game. I didn't think they looked very good up until the third, midway through the third quarter, where they finally just decided to go over the top to Duvernay. I. I don't know. I don't really see anyone with all their corners injured, how they're going to stop Waddle and Hill from the Baltimore side. So I really like Miami in that game. I do think that's going to be a pretty high scoring game because I think both defenses are dealing either with some injuries or just like lack of personnel to stop the opposing team. So mm-hmm. and it seems to me like when Lamar's playing down, like, but it's a game that he can like move around and like do well, it's usually like really high scoring in those Baltimore games. Yeah. yeah. What do you, what do you like Sean there? Yeah, I, I, I kind of agree with you, Craig. I think that, like, injuries, is it Peters who's out for the Ravens for their cornerbacks? Um, and then Marlon Humphrey, too. Is that right? Uh, yeah, and I think they're down uh, the guy who tore his ACL, Fuller, maybe. Oh, Kyle Fuller, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah so definitely, if they're depleted, then um, you could see the Dolphins passing the ball around a lot. Um, I know Lamar really struggled last year against the Dolphins. I think it was a Thursday night game. Um, and the Dolphins just kept blitzing him. And I think, I mean, you guys are Pats fans, so you'll know better than me. But week one, the Dolphins did blitz a lot, right? They did, yeah. Yeah, so I kind of expect that to continue here. Um, we'll see how Lamar does with it. Um, and then I think Mark Andrews is going to have a bounce back game. I know he kind of went under the radar a little bit last week. I think it was like, five for 52. Um, so I think Lamar will try to get him the ball more today. Um, but yeah, I could see this being a high scoring game. If the Ravens offense can keep up with the dolphins, this should be a really interesting game though, to see for both of these teams who are both one to know, like what's going to happen, you know, is Lamar going to have a big game is, you know, Tua and Mike McDaniel and the dolphins, are they going to continue you know, the high powered offense with Hill and Waddle. So we'll see. Well, and I think before Nick, before you kind of give your thought, I think we can all agree based on last week, both teams played relatively bad teams. Like the Pats looked maybe the worst that we've seen them in 20 years last week on offense and the Jets are starting Joe Flacco. So I don't know what anyone would expect them to do. So this is really to me like an actual game for both of these teams based on last week. 
Yeah, I, I mean, I'm taking the Ravens. I didn't see any of their game against the Jets, but, I mean, obviously watching the Patriots and Dolphins last week, I know we touched on this, Craig, that, I mean, the Patriots could have easily won that game 7-6. to six. I mean, you take away the strip sack and you take away that garbage touchdown on fourth and six before the half. I mean, I feel like as bad as the Patriots played, the Dolphins didn't play that much better. So I don't know if they're just playing down to their competition or – or what it was really, but I mean that first drive of the game, I mean Patriots were driving right down the field until that interception. So I mean, it's hard. I don't really know about the Dolphins. I mean they couldn't run the ball at all last week. I don't think they're going to be able to run the ball this week. So, like you guys said, I mean, is Tua just going to be able to throw it around to Hill and Waddle, or um, likewise with Lamar to his receivers? But I'm taking the Ravens. I don't know if they'll cover three and a half. I think maybe they could just win by a field goal, but I think the Ravens will win that game. And this game, I mean, down in Texas, Craig, probably got to be a huge game for Dallas. Bengals going to Dallas this week. What What's the talk down there? Oh, uh, that's just complete panic. Just, <laughs> I mean, well, there's like two different sides, right? Some people are saying Cooper Rush is going to be Tom Brady from the year 2000, and they're going to go win the Super Bowl, which is – absurd but you know whatever and then there's other people thinking that jamar chase uh t higgins if he plays which it looks like he's going to and tyler boyd might break the receiving record uh based on how last week went i mean the problem is is that if you're going to play a takeaway defense like the cowboys want to but then you face someone like a mike evans last week or jamar chase this week that Diggs is just going to get burned two or three times a game for big scores now he might get a few picks and based on last week burrow is happy to throw them because he's getting, you know, you know, sacked all the time. But I don't mm-hmm. know. I, I think the Cowboys see this as a must win based on how the Bengals played last week, and it's a home game. And I think it honestly is going to come down to just one factor. How well can the Bengals stop Micah Parsons from hitting Joe Burrow? <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, what do you – who do you like in that one, Sean? Yeah, the Bengals should route the Cowboys here. Agreed. Um, 100% think, agree. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think all the, um, you know – the Bengals struggled last week, but I can't imagine them struggling two weeks in a row. They're just too talented and too good. And I think I've heard a lot about, oh, the Bengals got all these guys, you know, in the offseason on the offensive line. They didn't show up last week. Pittsburgh's a good defensive team all around. Um, I know TJ Watts out now, but still, they've got a great, you know, talent at all three levels of the defense. Um, so I expect Mixon to have a big game. Chase will probably have a big game. Yeah, this shouldn't be close. Yeah, I, I'm, I think the Bengals will win, too. I don't know how convincingly I think I think Dallas's defense is re- still really good from what I saw last week um the offense was just extremely pitiful even when Dak was in the game I mean it's I mean just a lack of weapons or whatever it was but I think Dallas needs to get the ball in Tony Pollard's hands more and if they start doing that they're going to start seeing more success offensively so I think with, you know, with Cooper rushing their quarterback, I think there's going to be a lot more dump downs and just a lot more like easy throws for him. Um, just getting the ball in playmakers hands and letting them do the rest of the work. But you mean you didn't like them running three separate reverses <laughs> to Pollard like at the, in the first quarter and then him just going six yards backwards every time and then wondering why Pollard isn't effective? I, yeah. I mean, that's I don't know basically what, what people are doing. saying here. Yeah, is that Kellen Moore just calls these plays to get people the ball, and it doesn't actually work like in the scheme. And it's like just get them the ball naturally. It's it's just a very weird time in Dallas. I love it because I love when they're bad. 
<laughs> I hear you. Um, looking at it's weird week two. There's two Monday night games. What I mean, Titans are traveling to Buffalo after you know getting a tough loss last week to the Giants. The Bills looked like they're going to go undefeated. I mean, I'm sure you both have the Bills here in this one. I would think. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, this should be another blowout game. Um, and I don't know. I didn't watch too much of the Giants Titans last game, but just from looking at the stat line, it didn't look like Derrick Henry. I think he had like 80 yards, but it was on like over 20 carries. So, um, and that's pretty much their offense. And like we talked about earlier, Woods didn't really play well last week. So, you know, Buffalo at home, Monday night game, first home game of the season. Bills Mafia is going to show up. And, you know, I'm assuming Josh Allen is going to have a great game. Yeah, I completely agree. I actually think 10 is low. I think that this could be a 20-point game. I mean, I just – the Titans looked really bad. I, I got to watch a lot of that game because, sadly, I picked the Titans in Survivor, so I, I was stuck watching it. But the Bills looked unbelievable in the second half. The first half, they were rocky, like in that game. Like, neither team looked good. But the Bills in the second half looked really good. And even if Gabe Davis doesn't play, they still have Isaiah McKenzie and Jamison Crowder. Like, they still have weapons all over the field. And – the, the biggest thing with the Bills, and I, Nick, we talked about this, you know, after that game on Thursday, but is to see what the running back split is because last week was very, very weird in terms of like Singletary looked like the best of the three running backs, but then all three running backs touched the ball a decent amount of times. So that will be interesting to see if they like have a more like defined approach or if that's just going to be the approach the whole year. Yeah, I think the Bills, I mean, yeah, I mean, they looked really good. The only, th- the only reason why I think Tennessee still has a chance is because you look at like the bills last year, the recipe to beat them is just time of possession, keep Josh Allen off the field and run the ball down their throats. And I know they got a lot better up front this year, but it sounds like Oliver might not play. I think maybe, or I think he's a game. Oh, he's actually out. out. Oh, okay. Wow. Um, And another defensive tackle they have listed as doubtful. So, I mean, if, if Henry can – if they can find success with Henry, I mean, we saw it last year. I mean, Jonathan Taylor pounded the Bills in Buffalo, and they absolutely – the Colts routed the Bills last year. So Yeah, I was going to mention that, Nick. I think that's – a lot of the games are dependent on game script. So if they get up early, that's like their only chance. Um, but it is possible. Yeah. I mean, I'm still taking the Bills to win, but I'm just I, – I wouldn't shock me if the Titans came out and found a way to keep this thing interesting. Um, especially, I mean, like I know we talked about Mike Rabel before. He's he's still a really good coach, and he'll find ways to scheme up and make things happen. But um, the other, I mean, probably the game of the week. I think. I mean, Vikings Eagles. That. I, I mean, what what are you thinking there, Sean? Yeah. Um. I again, I'm nervous about this one for the Eagles. So I said the same thing last week when they were playing the Lions, and then the Vikings looked really good in Week One. Um. The thing is, if the Eagles can figure out a way to stop Justin Jefferson, I think they have a good chance in this game. Now, I know Darius Slay will usually shadow, and I think he travels to both sides of the field, but I don't think he shadows in the slot. So if they line up Jefferson in the slot, you know, you could see another big game for him. And even when he's on the outside, I'm sure he's going to get his opportunities. And honestly, the Eagles looked really bad against the run last week. So Dalvin Cook could have a big game too. Um I could see it going either way. I like that the Eagles are at home here and they looked really good on offense last week. So I'm picking the Eagles here, but I'm not super confident about it. And I could see the Vikings winning this game too. Yeah. I actually, I think the same thing. 
I will say this. I have the Eagles winning for two reasons. Number one, I think that they looked really good last week, as did the Vikings, but the Eagles looked a little bit more polished to me on offense. But also, I will always bet against Kirk Cousins in primetime because he just like just has a bad track record. Like, Don't get me wrong. I actually think this game is a preview of the NFC Championship. I think both of these are the two best teams in the NFC based on last week and based on kind of like preseason and stuff like that. They're very talented. I love Kevin O'Connell and the Eagles look really good basically on all sides of the ball. I could see this being way under the 50 and a half just because the Vikings defense is good. And if Kirk is struggling, then they're going to have to like play pretty like stout defense. So I could see this being kind of a low scoring game and then maybe like exploding later on. Well, Craig, do you think, cause I know the Packers were missing a lot of pieces last week. Do you think that's, a reason people are high on the Vikings defense or is it that they're that talented? No, I think that's definitely, I de- I think that's definitely like a, a part of it. Right. Mm-hmm. But I think that the one thing that the Vikings will do well against Hertz is I think that they'll k- try to keep him in the pocket and try to make him throw the ball. And I just, and that's just based on like how they normally play. Like they like to make, they kind of play that Patriot style of defense where they're going to make that quarterback stay in the pocket and not run around. And I think when they make Hertz do that, he's either going to be really good or really mediocre. So it just depends on what hurts we get. Now with A.J. Brown, who looked phenomenal last week, if he's on, then the Eagles are going to kill them, in my opinion. Because I really think Kirk and them are going to struggle going into Philadelphia on a Monday night where, you know, Cousins just isn't that good, like in primetime. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you guys. I think I think the Eagles on paper are the better, te- the better team. The only thing that it's going to come down to me is, I mean, both offenses last week force-fed Jefferson and A.J. Brown the ball. I mean, the targets were completely, like, one-sided to both of those guys. And I was very surprised that Thielen and some of the other Vikings receivers that people talked about all preseason didn't really get that much work. So I think it's honestly going to come down to who, whatever quarterback can spread the ball out better. I know Cousins has had his struggles on – um, national TV, but I I don't know. I just hurts to me last week. I mean, he's still eighteen to thirty two, like not great. He ran the ball well. Is Miles Sanders going to be that productive again on the ground? You know, I mean, that was his first touchdown in what three years, Sean or something. Yeah, you'll you'll, you'll probably see a committee with the running backs going forward because they like Boston Scott and Kenneth Gainwell a lot. Um, so you know, Miles Sanders is good, but I think it's just going to be more of a three headed committee with. Boston Scott and Kenneth Gamewell this year than anything. So I wouldn't rely on Miles Sanders in fantasy if anybody drafted him. Um, but I think you'll see all three of those backs be involved. The, the one thing with Hertz last week, and I will say this, is I know his completion percentage isn't great and it not normally is. But for players like him and Lamar, they can get out of the pocket so easily to get out of like that, you know, QB range where they can just like throw the ball out, which is like obviously like not going to help that. So a lot of that I think is indicative of how they play, right? Like Hertz to me looked awesome last week. And yeah, he missed some passes for sure. So did everyone else, right? But mm-hmm. I thought that Hertz threw the ball downfield the best I've ever seen him. And that's probably a combination of AJ Brown and Hertz just in the offseason. But I don't know. I was pretty impressed. Yeah, I think Brown made a lot of contested catches last week too. So Nick, I agree with you on the point that, you know, Hertz accuracy could be a little bit better. I think, like you were saying, kind of, Craig, that Hertz can find, like, he can contrive ways to get out of the pocket, even if they try to contain him, or he can just run right up the middle. Um, so I don't think he'll have a problem, you know, getting out of the pocket. Um, we'll just see, you know, how it goes. I think, like you said, the Vikings defense is still pretty good, despite, you know, 
the Packers didn't score a lot of points last week. This should be a really good game. I'm, I'm pretty sure you guys are excited for it. I'm, I'm really excited as an Eagles fan to see how we fare here. I, I can promise you AJ Brown isn't dropping the Christian Watson pass from last <laughs> week. That's that. I mean, and if he does, then I'll eat my words, but I don't think he will. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I agree. I think it's, it's a game of the week. I think it could go either way. I'm just, I'm just siding with the Vikings just slightly just based off of, I just think, I know, like I said, Cousins is at his problems, but I just think he's a better passer. Jefferson is probably the best receiver in football. Like, Cup puts up a lot of stats, but it's, that's so indicative of the offense and how McVay plays. Jefferson's the best receiver. Yeah, I mean, he last week, I mean, he just got loose in the secondary multiple times just because he's just running circles on people and they don't know what the hell is going on. So, um, just for, like, time constraints right now, um, I have, like, three – um, three leg parlays that I love. I'll just, I'm just going to do my favorite one though. Just talk about it a little bit. So, I mean, last week, Carson Wentz looked really good. I would say, I know he had a couple picks. One of them was terrible. Um, but I thought that, I know we talked right. That offense is just like taking shots down the field gadget plays. I mean, Curtis Samuel had what four carries at receiver. So, Wentz is passing touchdowns is at one and a half right now. I would be completely shocked if he doesn't get over that just with the lack of um, cook, like the commitment to the running game in Washington. So I have Wentz at over one and a half touchdowns, Jonathan Taylor. I have him going over his rushing prop, which is a hundred and one Oh two point five. I just think they're, with all those weapons out, they're just going to have to give him the ball. And, you know, like we, like I said last week, he had 31 carries and they played from behind basically, basically the entire game. So um, I think I love that for Taylor. And then I have Nick Chubb going over 81 and a half yards at home against the Jets. I think he could have a big game um, in Cleveland. So that's my favorite one there. Um, What, what are you looking at this week for your props, Craig? Uh, so for my props, like I'm actually more sticking towards the over-unders this week. Um, I'm kind of mm-hmm. putting a, a four-leg in to see how I did. I did better on that last week than the actual spreads. The over-unders that I really like is I have the Patriots-Steelers under 40 and a half. Um, that's a given. That's not a shock based on how I feel about how last week went. Uh, I have the Commanders and Lions over 48 and a half. Uh, mm-hmm. I like the Lions offense last week, too, and the commander's defense didn't look all that great. I know they're dealing with a ton of injuries as well. So I like that game to be pretty high scoring. I have the Vikings and Eagles under. I do think they go in the 40 range, but I just think both those defenses are going to come to play on Monday night. And then the last one is I have the Bengals Cowboys going over 42 and a half because I think the Bengals might score 45 by themselves based on how that both offenses and defenses, you know, shore up. And then if the Bengals go up early, the Cowboys will then catch up, you know, scoring some late touchdowns. So those are the four that I really like this week. And that's kind of what I'm sticking with. Nice. What do you, what do you like this week, Sean? Yeah. So Nick, going off what you said with Carson Wentz, uh, I would go over on his passing yard total, 252 and a half. Um, and then I also have McCaffrey. I think Christian McCaffrey is going to have a bounce back week. I know they didn't get him a lot of chances last week, but I think they're going to get him more involved in the offense. So with the combined rushing and receiving yards, the over 113 and a half, I just think he's going to be so involved. And then Marquise Brown, anytime touchdown. um, I think that's going to be a shootout in Vegas with the Raiders and the Cardinals. So take that. So those are my, that's my three leg uh, parlay for the week. Yeah. I love the Marquise Brown call, especially all the the injuries in Arizona. Um, 
so looking at like DFS this week, I know last week, I mean, I was very high on like the Wentz thing. I thought he was going to go very unowned and he did. Um, that stack ahead with him, McLaurin and Dotson was really good, but I didn't have any like other really solid pieces in my lineups. So I didn't really, I didn't end up cashing out in any of the, those, which sucked. But um, from like a tournament standpoint this week, like you just mentioned, Sean, I'm stacking Carr, Adams and Waller in that game. I think, like you said, I think it's going to be a shootout after, I mean, Arizona couldn't stop Mahomes last week. I think Carr um, looked really good with Adams. So I would not be surprised if they, um, have another great week. And then I just kind of threw Waller in there to get another piece of that offense. Um, and then just bringing it back with uh, Dorch or whatever the hell that guy's name is. $3,500 on DraftKings. He had nine targets last week. I think he's going to have a really um, solid opportunity again this week. Um, so that's kind of where I'm basing my stack around. I was able to throw like Saquon in there, Jamar Chase, Saints defense. Um, one of those Colts receivers, Doolin. He had like six or seven targets last week, I think, as well. So um, he should be heavily involved in that offense. And then I finish it out with Michael Carter, um, who had like, I don't want to get like 16 touches last week or something. So I think with the Jets probably most likely trailing again, I think he could get a lot of opportunities to catch the ball. Um, what are you looking at for your like tournament lineup this week, Sean? Yeah, um, I'm going off of how you did it last week. So I like Carson Wentz for quarterback. And then when I usually – I'm looking at tournaments, I'm usually looking for at least two pass catchers um, with the same quarterback. So I have McLaurin at receiver and then Thomas at tight end. Uh, for my running backs, I have Saquon Barkley, Jeff Wilson Jr. So he should have a good game with Mitchell being out. And then on the other side of the Commanders Lions, I have um, Amon Ross St. Brown. Uh, my last receiver, I have Noah Brown of the Cowboys, like Craig was talking about. They should be playing catch up, and he's a pretty cheap option. And then in the flex, I have Devontae Adams, and I like the Steelers' defense. Even though um, T.J. Watt is out, I still think they're a really good call. And like Craig, I think, was mentioning with the under, I think it'll be under a low-scoring game. So I like them there. Yeah. What do you, what do you like this week, Craig? Yeah, so we're all on the Wentz bandwagon, uh, which which is great. Um, I, I did a few different things. Um, I have Naheem Hines in one of my running back slots. I just think with Pittman out, they're going to run a lot of uh, screens and dink and dunks and stuff like that. And he already had a lot of catches last week, and that's not even including, like, without Pittman. So I actually have Hines and my tight ends, Mo Alley-Cox, same reasoning. I think the ball's going to have to go somewhere. So I'm basically just trying to guess, like, where's Ryan most comfortable throwing? And he loves throwing, you know, to his running backs coming out of the backfield. And I think Mo Alley is just going to be his red zone target with Pittman out. And then I'm looking for a bounce back week for McCaffrey, which Sean, you kind of mentioned. I also agree. I think this is a good matchup for him and they'll get him the ball more. And then we kind of have the same receiver ideas, uh, Devontae Adams, Jamar Chase. And then my two kind of flex plays or like, you know, low budget plays are uh, Dorchy out in Arizona. Don't know who that guy is, but he looked great last week. And then I have Jahan Dotson just kind of for my Wentz stack. Uh, he mm -hmm. looked good last week. And I think he's going to just torch them because they're going to have to double scary T. So either him or Samuel are going to have a big day. And then as I've been saying this whole podcast, I'm picking the Bengals defense because I think that they're just going to get a few easy picks off of Cooper Rush. And we'll see kind of how that goes. But that's kind of where I'm, I'm leaning towards this week. It seems like we're on board with a lot of the same people. Um, I put like a kind of just threw like a crap lineup together earlier this morning just to see like 
Um, I had Cup, Adams, and Jonathan Taylor all in the lineup, just seeing like how well it could turn out. So just share that with you guys. Um, through so Daniel Jones at quarterback, Rex Burkhead, Jonathan Taylor, uh, Dorch, Cooper Cup, Devontae Adams, the Bengals defense, and at tight end, um, I went with that Colts backup tight end. I guess he ran more routes than Mo Ali Cox did last week. I was reading. Yeah, he did. I um, mean, he had seven targets. So I just kind of threw that guy in there as well, just as another pass catcher for the Colts. Cause I think the Colts can still put up a lot of points on the Jags. Cause I don't think the Jags defense is that great. So it's just a matter of finding where their offense is going to come from this week. But I thought that was kind of an interesting lineup, just having like three, yeah. three big dogs. It's amazing. Kind of you were there. able to fit them all in there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, in, I just looked at like what, they scored last week that lineup scored like 155 points. So, I mean, that is most likely going to make you money in a lot of tournament lineups. So um, I just thought that was kind of interesting, but um, that's really all I got. Uh, is there any other things you guys wanted to touch on about this week? Any games we didn't touch on that you wanted to talk about? No, I think we're good. Yeah, no, I mean, I think it's going to be another fun week. Um, the big uh, story for me, like from a fantasy perspective is if AJ Dillon's going to get that kind of timeshare again, because I drafted him in basically every league I own him minus the mm. league that I play with you guys in. So that'll be an interesting kind of like last thing to look at tonight is does, are they still going to run him more than Aaron Jones? Cause I thought that was super interesting last week, especially cause they were, you know, in the game for the most part. Yeah. I, I mean, I have Dylan in a couple leagues as well. I think he, he kind of took over last year. So yeah, like you said, it'll be interesting. Oh, Aaron Jones only had five rush five rush attempts last week. That's pretty crazy. Yeah, I know LaFleur said they wanted to get him the ball more this week, but we'll see. Yeah, yeah at, at this point, I don't touch these trust these coaches because Frank Reich told me Jonathan Taylor was going to get less of a workload and you know, <laughs> based on yeah. last week. But, I mean, it's fun. You know, that's kind of the fun part is the mind games. And then, obviously, us, like, fantasy people and stuff like that try to de- decipher. And so far, I've done terribly, but we'll see how it goes. Yeah, yeah I, think, I would before, go ahead, Nick. No, I was just gonna say, yeah. I mean, I know me and you talked, Craig, about like who to take one and number one overall, and I was all aboard McCaffrey because I was like, there's no way Taylor's gonna get that kind of yeah, that amount of volume again. And I mean, they're getting their asses kicked last week, and he comes out and gets 35 touches. So it's like, I mean, Jonathan Taylor might have what 500 touches this year when it's all said and done. Yeah. So that's especially I mean, today, we'll see probably 30 plus touches. Yeah. What are you going to say, Sean? Yeah, I just think one more name to watch is Allen Robinson in terms of both fantasy and real-life football. Um, We'll see how he plays today because I know a lot of people in the offseason were saying how, um, you know, he was going to really fit in well with this Rams offense. But I just think he's a player to watch today. Yeah, I agree. I think that would be a super interesting player to watch. Yeah. Well, we only got a little over three hours, so I'm excited. Um as always, the music credit goes out to ACDC. I appreciate um, your guys' insight today, as always. And um, for you listeners, don't forget to follow at the Gunslinger Podcast on Instagram and head over to Spotify and Apple Podcasts to listen to the content. Thanks, guys.